Welcome to Off The Cut, a podcast where we talk about building, making, and answering all of your questions. I'm Eric from Spensley Design Co. And I'm Zach from Zach Builds. If you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, you can send it to offthecutpodcast at gmail.com. You can find both of us on YouTube, Instagram, and unfortunately, because we have to keep up with kids, you can find us on TikTok too. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Eric. And I'm Zach. And we honestly had zero intention of ever making this episode public at all. We really just recorded this first episode to try to just see if we could, you know, figure out how to use microphones and record a podcast. And we released this to our individual patrons and we got a lot of good feedback and we decided rather than rehash this whole first conversation, we'd just get it out to you. Yeah, I think this first podcast that we did together was just it. We got so much of the basics out of the way because before we went into this podcast, mm-hmm. we had never really sat down and had a, had a full conversation with each other. We messaged back nope. and forth, but we've never actually like done that background of like, what school did you go to? How old are you? And we got a lot of the, that stuff out of the way in this episode. So, yeah, I think it's a great primer on not only who we are, but who we are together. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So without further ado. I am going to hit play and you at home can listen to this original podcast, episode 000. The one where it all started. Okay, there we go. I I think we're good. Yeah, me too. I got a waveform. Perfect. Figuring this out. First podcast. (laughs) Podcast number one. (laughs) Oh, 000. This one's only for, for patrons. That's right. This is the unreleased bonus content. This may never see the light of day. No, no. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, Zach, this, you know, you're Zach, I'm Eric, you know, we've kind of thrown out around the idea of doing a podcast for a little bit of a little while now. We didn't really know what we wanted to do, but we wanted to do something kind of different. So, um, you know, Zach, this is probably going to change up. It might not be perfect like this forever, but, you know, let's let's start out. Tell people who you are, you know, give me, tell me about yourself. How old are you? Where are you from? How long okay. have you been doing this? Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a big question right there. Uh, so my name is Zach. Most people probably know me as Zach Builds Online, although I guess uh, the, the name says it all. It's like my name is right there in the name. Um, I'm 33. I've been doing this whole content creation thing for a few years. I started out as a general contractor. I saw the power of social media. And I just wanted to get into it. I wanted to start sharing some of the knowledge I had. And I started making little videos and then on doing photos on Instagram. And then it kind of spiraled towards YouTube and now kind of a little bit TikTok, a little bit Facebook, as we were discussing earlier. So tried to get out there. And uh, we had talked about finding a new avenue to get out there. And podcasting seemed like a great choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's me. And now I guess I have to kick the exact same question back to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm 29, almost 30, not quite yet. Um, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I've lived here my entire life. And I have, and I'm not afraid to say this, I have no formal training at all with any of the stuff that I do. Um, everything is completely self-taught. It's the, you know, the school of YouTube, as I like to call it. So really my whole thing was kind of giving back to the people I learned from. Like I had no idea what I was doing the first time I remember, you know, wanting to cut up a two by four to build a table and I had no idea what I was doing. So I went on YouTube and I watched some videos. I saw some good ones. I saw some bad ones. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I Can I stop you a for a second? Because I think that yeah. attitude is so important. Because yeah. I used to watch these HGTV shows all the time where it was like the contractor comes to the house and he like renovates the house. And the whole time he's there, he's like shit talking the husband. He's like, oh, yeah. like, I bet you like some computer programmer probably don't know how to swing a hammer or anything, do you? Yeah. And I was like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. hate that attitude. So I love this attitude of coming to from it from a place of like, you know, we're going to learn together or, you know, I'm going to throw myself yeah. in a scenario where I don't necessarily know what I'm doing and I'm not going to like lord it over you just because I'm on the other side of the camera. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like a perfect example of that is, 
you know, I was building this table, I don't know, a month or so ago. And, you know, we spent tons and tons of time. A girlfriend, Miranda, was helping me on it because she loves power carving, right? And we sunk tons and tons of time into this table and, you know, over $1,000 of epoxy. And I ruined this table. I mean, like, the client wasn't going to take it. There was nothing I could do. I was out, you know, weeks of, of build time and materials. I mean, luckily I, I had a sponsor for that one and, you know, they paid for the epoxy. So I didn't have to do that out of pocket. But I mean, I was going to completely scrap the video and just delete it. No. And then I realized I was like, no, but people like want to see that this is real. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I, you know, edit videos to make it look like I know what I'm doing and stuff, <laughs> but I'm learning just like everybody else for out sure. there. Like, sure. if you think that people that you see on YouTube or Instagram or whatever don't make mistakes, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we all, I like, you just got to, you just got to go with it. Like, for sure. you can learn as much as you want, but if you just constantly are just, you know, analyzing what do I do next, what do I do next, and you never do anything, you're never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. No, and and uh, part of the reason I love sharing mistakes like that, and uh, by the way, that was a great video. I re- remember watching it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> um, the best part is, like, you get to share your mistakes so that somebody yeah. else out there can live vicariously through you, and then when they go do it, they're like, oh, I won't do that thing that Eric did. Like, yeah. it's perfect, yeah. right? It's so much more valuable yeah. than just like, ah, here's the way I do it and it worked out. It's like, okay, but maybe show some of the avenues that didn't work out and save people time. Yeah. You know, the that way people remember that, you know, the buoyancy of wood is stronger than some no-name double-sided tape. <laughs> and I thought I had that one figured out. I was like, oh, I use tons of tape. There's no way the epoxy is going to lift this up. Oh, yeah. It no, you gotta you gotta clamp it. it. I always clamp it now because I've been down the same road as you before. It was literally like I the idea was that the, that table is gonna be completely encased in epoxy, right? And after doing it, I know that I should have just had the table lying up and just flood coated like a couple thin coats and just let it drip over like you would do like a bar top, right? right? But instead I thought that I would just completely submerge this thing. Horrible idea. But that's also why I don't do a lot of epoxy stuff. <laughs> epoxy stuff, I don't know if people, I think, well, I think most people do realize it if they're in the DIY space, but epoxy is expensive. And if you screw it up, oh. it's like, oh my God, I just wasted $500. Like, what have I done? $500 on a small, on a small yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. I was being, I was trying to, uh, I was trying to lowball it there to make, <laughs> to make the oh, viewers yeah. at home feel better. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that stuff adds up like crazy. So but, fast. Yeah. You uh, don't realize how much volume is in like just a simple table. Like if you wanted to do like oh. a coffee table, it's like two feet by three feet. It's like. Uh, I was going to say liters and liters, but for your sake, I'll say gallons and gallons of epoxy. Oh, I know liters. I, I, I took engineering in college. We did all all metric stuff. You know what's funny is I'm completely, as a Canadian, I am completely screwed up with my units. So volume, I think liters, but size, I think inches and feet. And then speed, yeah. I'm kilometers. And I'm trying to think of like another imperial one that I do. Well, pounds, I do pounds. I very rarely think in kilograms. I, so is that a Toronto thing? Because I spent a lot of time in Toronto as a kid, and I noticed there was a lot of back and forth on the uh, metric to imperial system. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's I might even just be an all of Canada thing, to be honest, because okay. when I'm buying building materials, I'm buying two by fours and four by eight sheets yeah. of plywood. Right. So all the units for all the materials are already in imperial. And then so all the tools are also imperial. And then as a result, I think in that, although but I think kilometers because I see speed limits, all our speed limits are posted yep. in kilometers. Yep. Yep. And like this can of soda water I'm drinking out of this has milliliters on it. So that's why I do the volume in liters. So mine has I got ounces and milliliters because mm-hmm. I got the same the same thing going on here. Yeah. I got the generic brand, though. Oh, nice. Saving a couple bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Watermelon today. Nice. I got a uh, peach here. And you know what I found out about this peach bubbly? So if I buy this at the grocery store across the street for me, it costs about $6 for 12 of them. However, Ooh. if I order it on Amazon, $4 delivered to my front door. So 
Now I buy all my bubbly on Amazon. Oh, I guess yeah. Your your dollar is different though. Yeah, our dollar kind of sucks. That, I, yeah, throws me off. It's yeah, like three yeah. quarters of ours or something like that. It's like an, it's just a different unit that you have to do weird math with all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you what do you do as your day job, Zach? Ooh, that, okay, so uh, I'm not gonna say full. I'm not. I hate when people say, "What's your full time job?" I'm like, "Have you ever have you ever done content?" Yeah. I like to refer to it as my day job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um, my day job is um, I'm a contractor. I build custom houses okay. for people. So a lot, it's either custom houses or it's like larger scale renovations. So yeah. we'll go in, we'll gut houses, and then we'll kind of build people's dream houses. Um, so it's fun. Like I get to do a lot of interesting stuff. Like I once built a house that was entirely made out of steel. It was like fabricated in a factory. And then shipped oh, wow. on site and we like we assembled everything on site. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some other cool ones. Like I've done. A, I do a lot of architect houses. Like I think in Toronto, it's hard to find good contractors. Um, so mm-hmm. I have a pretty good relationship with a few architects throughout the city and they usually keep us busy and then always have us do their homes well. Um, so it's a business that I started with my dad. So. I've been yeah. doing it. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say I started it with my dad. My dad started it when I was born with my <laughs> grandfather, but I basically okay. been doing it my entire life. So from age five till now, I was like going to the job site. At first, I just swept up and, you know, took out the garbage and stuff. And they would pay me like 10 cents an hour. Sure. Um, but then after I finished university, I joined the company full time and I've been doing it ever since. So that's kind of where I learned a lot of the skills that I use in you know, the yeah. videos that you see. I'm sure you've learned a ton of like tips and tricks just like on the job site, right? That like totally you pick you pick something up that you're like, oh, man, how do other people not know this? But then yeah. somebody like me who has zero formal training, zero job site training, like I'm sure there's a thousand tricks you'd be able to show me that I'm like, oh, man, how did I not know this before? <laughs> well, but the thing is, those tricks are getting so much more accessible these days because of social yeah. media. Like a little trick yeah. makes a great viral video. Whereas, oh yeah, you know, I'll be on a job site and I'll be working with some 60 year old plumber and I'll be like, Hey, yeah. you know, I saw this little trick on TikTok," and he'll be like, I never, I never knew that. I'd be doing this for 40 years and I never knew that you could do that. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like you in the construction world, so much of that information is siloed off and people often don't want to share it. Cause they're like, I have this great way of doing it. And it's like, yeah. it's a trade secret of my company. So why am I going to blab about it to every single person I meet? And yeah, now I can be the one person that knows, you know, the secret of, you know, throwing up crown molding in half a second. Exactly. Exactly. And people don't want to give that stuff up. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. But my whole career, I've been, I'm like that annoying kid on the job site. So I get to work with all these different, but I get to work with all these different trades, like plumbers and electricians and stuff like that. So I'm constantly like, if I have 10 minutes, I'm like looking over the shoulder, like, oh, what's that do? What's that? Oh, oh yeah. How's that connect to that? How's it? What's, you know, like, what's that tool for? The curiosity mindset. Exactly. Exactly. So that's I try and take like all those things that I learned there. And then that's like my content for social media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I think that's so good because it kind of gives people that insight into, you know, like here's how, you know, quote unquote professional does stuff. And like, you know, they're doing the same thing you are like, you know, they're breaking down lumber They're you know, having to lug tools around there, you know, Jerry rigging their extension cords together to, to get things to totally, work. Totally. Like every, it, it's, it makes you seem like more of a real person. Yeah. And I think people enjoy seeing that. Yeah. I and think that's that, kind of what I hope to get the, with the whole podcast is like people see that we're just, we're the same as everybody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I always try and put that across as much as I can in my content, but going back to what you're saying earlier, you're, cutting together videos like you're trying to make things like snappy and fun yeah and i think a lot of you know the mistakes and the the hard parts of a build sometimes get left on the cutting room floor so that again like i think this podcast is like a nice way to explore that together like we can just be completely freeform here people are going to have like an uncut version of this so they'll get to see all our ums and ahs and i don't know hopefully they'll get a better impression of who we are through this. And yeah, like it, it's our mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And also hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to give some valuable information to people. 
Yeah, for sure. So, like, I'm curious. When you film, you know, a video, typical YouTube videos, mm -hmm. I don't know, 10, 20 minutes long, some longer, some shorter. Yeah, mostly How mostly much? longer in my case. <laughs> I know. I did, I did some long ones, did some short ones. I'm going all over the place just seeing what works for me, see if I can finally get something to stick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so how much how much footage do you typically have? Like, let's say you have a 10, 20 minute video. How much total footage do you think you have? That's a good question. Probably somewhere in the hour uh, in the area of two to three hours. Yeah. For, for like saying. a longer like for like a 20 minute video. It's probably closer to three hours. Yeah, that's I'm about the same. And I have usually one to 200 different clips somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. So, very much the same here. Yeah. So what people see is when they see these, like, you know, one of my things I think is, or I like to do is if I'm making a single, like, you know, ripping down seven pieces on the table saw, I'll take, I'll actually take seven different clips. But when I play it back, like each one will be like a second long. So it's like, you can see the same thing from all these different angles. And that's one of the questions people ask me all the time. They're like, how many cameras are you working with? Yes. I just got one. Yeah. Yeah. But you move it around. But I think and then you can it like makes it more interesting. Totally. Yeah. Oh, nobody wants to watch you do this, have the camera locked off, do the same thing seven times. Yeah. But it's just boring, right? It's like, what's so I, my philosophy when I'm editing videos is I'm trying to get across the most information in the least amount of time. Right. So yeah. if you want to yeah. say that you like, uh, if like say you want to show that you cut seven pieces of wood and you don't, you're not doing a voiceover or anything like that, I will show the first one, put it on the table, and then I will show the last one being stacked on top of it. And it's like you don't need the sure. six sure. in between, right? You can just do those last, and then the, like then you have all that information communicated in the least amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And especially because uh, people just don't have that attention span. Totally. And I mean, I, I I come at it from because where I started was I'm looking at all this information for me to learn so I can build stuff for myself. I know, and we've all done it, where you go click on a YouTube video and you're like, this person is giving so much information and they are a wealth of knowledge, but it is painful to watch this. Yeah. And like... I, like, I'm sorry, I'm probably not going to watch your video. I'm going to probably go to the person who's less experienced but can keep me engaged. Yeah. And I'm probably not going to learn as much information from that person. But it's it's just kind of a necessary evil sometimes. Yeah, it's something I've actually struggled with quite a bit myself because I don't really ever know when to stop talking on a subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So especially when doing voiceovers and stuff like that, it's so easy to run long. And I've some of my older videos, you go back and watch them and it's like it's literally just me talking for 20 minutes, either in voiceover or like direct to camera. And now I'm just yeah. trying to like strategically like you don't need to talk all the time, like relax, like let the video yeah. do the talking for you, like show a couple clips where you're not like don't be afraid to have like just video of me working with a little bit of music bed in the background or something like that, because people yeah. need a break. Yeah. You can't listen to somebody speak for that long. You can't, it's like, yeah, it's like that professor that you had you yeah. know, in college to just blast you with information. You're like, hold on. Like, I, I need a second. I yeah. got to take a breather. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, that's an interesting little segue that you've just given us. You said uh, college professor. What did you study in school? So I went to school for engineering. Okay. Um, But back up for that. So like I guess like my my story or whatever I like to tell people yeah. is I kind of how I got into all this, right? I was in high school and school had never really been my thing. It was extremely easy to me, but I absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. Like I put no effort into school and could get good grades, but I just I never saw the point of it because what they were teaching me, I wasn't necessarily interested in. So I was in high school and one of the requirements was that you had to have, you know, so many credits of like a global language or something. And in my infinite wisdom, I thought that that was stupid and that I was better than that. Right. <laughs> Which is a terrible way to approach it. But I found out that you could take woodshop and it counted as a global language. Oh, have no, I have no idea why. So <laughs> I signed up for woodshop, mm -hmm. had no interest at all. 
in doing this. I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, this is what all like those quote unquote, quote unquote burnout kids do. Right? Like I'll just do this because yeah, it's gotcha. really easy. I got in there, man. I remember I fired up a miter saw, which we'll get to that later. My hate of miter saws, but okay. fired up a miter saw for the first time, made that cut. And I was like, holy smokes, this is it. <laughs> but, but then it kind of, you know, I did it one or two classes and I remember it was like junior year. People are, you know, signing up for college. And in my high school, it was, it had a lot of very, how do I say this? People that had very, very unrealistic expectations of where they were going. Mm -hmm. People were like, if you're not going to like MIT, Harvard, Brown, Yale, you're a loser, basically. Yeah, gotcha. Right? Okay. So, I, you know, somebody was like, hey, you know, what do you, what do you want to go to college for? And what I wanted to say was woodworking. But I knew that that was not an acceptable answer. Gotcha. So I was like, uh, engineering? Yeah. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And it was more of like I, I had this idea in my head. I knew what I wanted to do, but I was afraid to tell people mm -hmm. that that was my passion, right? Mm -hmm. And so I remember, you know, I went, went, to, went to Ohio State, took some engineering classes, and we had to meet with, like, an advisor, and they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, you know, I really enjoy building things, you know, designing products, product improvement, you know, almost kind of like an inventor kind of stuff. And she just looks at me straight in the eye and goes, that's not a thing. <laughs> and so I, yeah, yeah, right? I was like, okay. But like, you know, when I was 19 or whatever, having somebody tell you that when you're like being very vulnerable with sure. someone is, I is devastating, man. So like I... I went through the rest of college and like I literally went to every class and I was like, this is such a waste of time. Like I'm, I'm so unhappy being here. And I, you know, I graduated and you know, got a job, but like literally it was just miserable. I don't and know then, if those like guidance counselors and all those people understand how much damage they do sometimes yeah. when they just like write oh, people yeah. off. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I'd for sure. Like, you know, at that time, like extremely damaging. Right. And so, like, I just, like, completely, you know, neglected all the things I was really interested in, which is a bummer. But then my girlfriend and I moved into the apartment that we're in now in, then like, 2017, 2018. I don't remember what year it was. Yeah. But we didn't have any furniture. Like, literally nothing. Like, we had a bed and a dresser. Like, we had no table or anything. And so I was just like, oh, well. I'm I'm broke right now. Like I don't have money to buy furniture. Like we went to IKEA and we're like, all oh, this stuff sucks, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I think I'm gonna try building something. And so I started going on YouTube, watching all this stuff. It made oh the most horrible, ugly table ever with borrowing a miter saw from one of her friends. Mm -hmm. And dude, after that project, I was like, I can't stop doing this. And ever since then, like it's just constantly just like me trying to learn the next thing, me, you know, trying to show people and teach people and like try to encourage people to like follow, you know, what they truly love. And, yeah, yeah. you know, that's a long winded, winded response to your question. But yeah, that's, no, that's how perfect. I got into it. That's perfect, man. I mean, it's yeah, that I think you touched on a few things like this whole concept of like everybody has to go to university and especially oh, yeah. like these, I don't know. So many, so many people I know, myself included, went to university for things that don't really have any bearing on what they do yeah. now. And it's oh, yeah. it, there was this movement of like, you know, if you were stupid, then you went to like trade school or, you know, oh, uh, yeah. or like, yeah, or like you went straight into the workforce. And then if you had like half a brain, you went to university. Yeah, dude. And I like I've talked to, you know, my friends and, and girlfriend, you know about this and we had like a like a basically like a trade school thing in high school where like half the day you could like go learn to be like like literally get like nurse training or like emt training yeah. or like electrician training why did i why did people not do that yeah like what an opportunity to get ahead on that stuff like oh my gosh it's crazy to me that i didn't take that opportunity but it was just 
and especially my school had such a bad stigma. I, you know, I don't, I reason. honestly, I don't think it was strictly your school. Like I've, you're describing a, like a scenario that sounds very familiar to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I even, when I, between high school and university, I took a year off to just work and like kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I had this girlfriend yeah. at the time. Uh, I, I met her during that year off and she was like, she was like, yeah, when I first met you, I just assumed you were an idiot because you weren't in university. Yeah. Like you were taking like the year off. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was real and it was like real amongst the peers. It's like not just the adults enforcing it. It's it was like it permeated everything. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And that's how like. So like I told you, in my school, everybody was super high achiever as far as like, the, the, you know, the, the college university they wanted to go to. And. I, I went to Ohio State, which is a fine school. And people, you got the, oh, you're going there? <laughs> and, like, if you went, like, to a community college, like, what makes sense? If you don't know what you want to do, you yeah. go to community college so you can, like, save a boatload of money. Yeah. You were, like, completely ostracized for doing that, which was it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, there's so much. I think a lot of that, too, is, like, the kids at that age, like, as a kid, you don't really have any status like you maybe inherit like some sort of status from your parents or something like yeah. that. So yeah. kids are constantly looking for like any little thing that they can do to like place themselves above everybody else. So it's yeah. like, you know, as soon as it comes to university time, it's like you are angling so hard to be like top of the pack. Like, oh, I'm going to the prestigious school. Like, yeah. Then you get to the real world and you realize none of that shit really matters. Nobody's ever once asked to see my university degree. Never once. You know, you know, what's funny? Is that <laughs> talking about that at my job now? One of my coworkers, he is, or he was at the time, a uh, teacher's assistant. So he's basically like, I don't know, I'm sure yeah. in you know Canada, it's the same too. thing where a professor didn't actually do anything most of the time. <laughs> yeah. You just had like the teacher's assistant that would like teach a class and grade everything. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, he was one of the teacher's assistants for one of the classes that I allegedly took. And he was like, I know all of my students' names, and I've never seen you. <laughs> so we have this running joke that I didn't actually go to school. But it was probably just because I didn't go to that class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Well, I mean, hey, it was but, probably a tutorial for the TA was teaching it, right? So you don't need to go to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, like, I, I'm curious. Would, would Knowing what you know now mm -hmm. and where you are now with – you know, the the whole contracting, you know, job. If you were an 18-year-old listening to this right now and you wanted to get into doing what you're doing right now, would you go to school or would you tell somebody just immediately become like an apprentice? Yeah, that's such a good question, man. So, I mean, if you want to get into like just strictly construction, I don't know. So it's interesting. I, I So I guess I should fill in my backstory a little bit. I actually went to business school. Yeah. Um, okay. So I studied economics and finance, which I think is really, really helpful if you're in if you're kind of in my position and you don't know what you want to do. Studying yeah. business in school is great because then yeah. you are set up like if you discover that your passion is coffee, you are in a great position to go up, open like a coffee roasting facility. I don't even I don't know why I picked coffee as an example, because clearly I have no idea how the coffee production works. But you know what I mean, right? Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, so I do think the fact that I went to business school has been incredibly helpful for both my content creation career and just my normal like construction company yeah. career, uh, because a lot of those lessons do apply. But like if you were wanting to go into the trades and somebody's like, go get like a liberal arts degree, like go study history for four years and then. And decided like, no, don't do that. That's stupid. Like go to trade school, yeah. try or yeah. even just like knock on all the construction sites, like knock on the door, all the construction sites in your neighborhood and like just ask if they need help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I wish I did things a little bit differently, but uh, who knows? It's it's too too hard to know how your life would have been different if you did. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of how I feel like. Now, like, I know I didn't enjoy it, but I guess I don't, I didn't regret it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, my job is 
you know, supporting me now. It is a goal of mine to get to the point where I'm able to quit that and take all of, you know, content creation, woodworking as a whole, Spensley Design Co. full time. Yeah. Um, is it going to happen soon? I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, it seems, but seems I'm, like you're on track. I'm not rushing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got the I've got the the angle. It's going up and to the right, the graph and the revenue and everything. Exactly. That, and that's where you want to be. It's at that point, it's honestly as yeah. long as you keep doing what you're doing, it's a matter of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the one of the first things I remember when I started all this like woodworking and everything, it was I just want to hammer out projects, hammer out projects hammer out videos i was doing like one to two project videos a week crazy and yeah i did it for i did it for one year so my first year on youtube it was one or two project videos every week dude that was rough and it was not sustainable and so like recently i've just kind of turned back into building what i want at a reasonable pace and it it is so much more fun. So like, that's one thing I would tell anyone, you know, woodworking content creation, enjoy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. just hammer it out. Cause you're going to completely burn yourself out doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably true of basically any profession too. Right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 If you, if you just but, go at it, like go hard 24 seven, you're going to burn out really, really quickly. Yeah. And, and I think, For me, it stemmed from I was so, so upset and dissatisfied with the job I was at at the time that it was like the escape. Yes. From that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Can I ask what you do right now or is that confidential? No. Yeah. So I work for a a large logistics company. I'm an engineer for them. So basically what my job is. And I've got a, actually got a video coming out about this because people always ask, especially if I put a dollar sign in a video title. Mm. People love to bash you for that. But I'm going to do a video all about like pricing. Really? Um, I've never put a dollar sign in a video before. So I don't, I've never gotten oh, that. Oh, it goes hot. What do they, what do oh, they get yeah, mad about? The, oh, that's ridiculous that you're charging that money. Like oh. you only put $50. You, like, for example, I got like on that, uh, that client table that I built, I put like, I ruined a $5,000 table. Right. And people are like, that table shouldn't cost more than $70. It's like, dude, the epoxy alone was like yeah. 1200 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people understand like, does your how time much... not mean anything? Yeah, I don't think people understand how much time goes into this stuff. It's like, yeah. even if you were charging like 20 bucks an hour, it still gets ridiculously expensive, ridiculously yeah. quickly. Think of how much time it takes you to drive to the lumber yard. Yeah. Think of how much time you're spending with a client designing stuff. Yeah. Think of, 100%. you know, what, and then all these other costs, like, you know, your electricity, yeah. your insurance. Yep. yep. And even know, the small stuff, like, that. like screws add up really quickly. You go to the hardware store, you're oh, like, yeah. oh my God, I just spent 50 bucks on screws. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and so I'm going to do a whole video all about pricing that's going to be like an, it's going to have a guide. I'm going to walk you through how to calculate it all manually, but I know nobody is going to want to calculate it. Yeah. Um, so it'll have an Excel spreadsheet component where you can just put in all of your different variables and it's going to spit out the price. I Very think cool. it's going to be pretty valuable. To yeah, people. definitely, man. But um, getting back to the pricing. Yeah. So my day, my day, yeah. day job at the logistics company, um, like I said, engineer for them. So I do a lot of process improvement stuff and I do Basically, what everybody just refers to me and my team is is the math guys. So we basically get all of the information that comes in with new clients. And our job is to take all those different inputs and all of the data that we get from them and basically come up with a price of how much we need to charge to make a reasonable amount of money, yet still be competitive with home delivery of large goods. So. If you're getting like something like a refrigerator, you know, UPS isn't delivering a refrigerator, Mm -hmm. right? You're having a specialized team come in. We, you know, install it, take your old one out, all that kind of stuff. So lots and lots of math, which is why I figured it was reasonable for me to make a pricing guide video. Be like, if I I can price, you know, $100 million accounts. Yeah. I think I got your your side table covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds like you're just doing a lot of the same stuff that you would do in your professional work for your YouTube audience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the one of the reasons 
that like custom commission stuff has worked out fairly well for me. I, I, I rarely do them now, but when I do do them, they're going to be priced well. Like um, a lot, a lot of times I give people what I consider like like the chessboard that I did. It was like a it was a what like two thousand dollar chessboard, and people are like, "That's absolutely insane that you charge that much for that." I was like, "Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I didn't want to build a chessboard. That was my <laughs> go away price." Yeah, yeah. And the client took it, and I think I think people need to realize that that like, you know, if somebody hits you with something, maybe don't always say no. Yeah. Maybe you give them a price that's a go away price. Yeah. No, and the, if they take it, then you're you're coming out on top. The go away price is a very valuable tool that I learned. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I also use it a lot of the time for pricing contracts for social media work too. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like some brand approaches you about doing something, you're like, ah, I don't know. Uh, don't, I don't really love it. So like, here's my go away price. And sometimes they come back to you. It's like, okay, well, you know, I ma- yeah. I gave you a number that made it worth my while to do it. And now we're going to do it. <laughs> do, so do you, do you run across the same thing in like the contracting world where, you know, somebody asks you to quote something out for their home and you're like, oh man, that's going to be a nightmare to do. Oh, oh, all the time. That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably the majority of the work I do. Cause it's all right <laughs> in the center of the city. So it's all like super tight little lots. People want to like maximize the amount of space they have. It's downtown. So getting stuff in and out of there is a pain. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of my job is trying to price and trying to figure out ways to solve those problems. Because you can really easily lose a lot of money if you tell somebody, hey, it's going to be $10,000 to redo your roof. And then all of a sudden... You have to pay eight thousand dollars to have all the old shingles removed. So yeah, it comes yeah, up. Yeah. It comes oh, up. I can't a even lot. imagine. Yeah, um, I mean, I ran into that from the the beginning. I remember I had a a side table that I built for a client, right? And I got purchased the exact amount of wood. You know, I was like, oh, I got a little bit of finish left. You know, I got some hardware, and then I made a mistake and like, oh, now I gotta go drive back to the lumber yard, grab another board. Mm-hmm. But now this, those wood grain doesn't match because it's from a different, you know, like lot of wood. Yeah. And, oh, I didn't have enough finish. And I got to buy a whole nother can of finish. And this was when I was charging like something stupid, like two, $200, $300 for like a side table that took me two weeks mm-hmm. to build. Mm-hmm. Like you're losing money on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember how devastated I was. I was like, I think I calculated it and I made like 10 cents an hour or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I am never doing this again. So that's like one of my biggest things I tell people is do not get in the race to the bottom game. Oh, no, it's, it's not. You're wasting your time. There is no way to make a living doing that. The, no. The, not, not in like, I guess, like not in the first world. Like maybe if you're in some developing nation, you can afford to pay yourself 50 cents a day or whatever to to crank out furniture but you'll starve and one of the things that i've actually found it seems counterintuitive and i've got another video about this about like pricing mistakes and stuff that i'm working on is if you're not selling anything one of the things that i tell people is to raise your prices yeah so because, like, for example, if you look at, you know, I'm just going to make something up, a T-shirt, right? If you go to a place and they're selling a T-shirt for $2, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to your mind is this T-shirt's crap. Like, it's, you know, it's not going to do anything. But if somebody's going like, oh, you know, reasonable, $25, $30 for a T-shirt, you're like, oh, this is probably a nice shirt. Yeah. You know, it's not anything crazy, but I've... What I did recently, and here's some inside baseball for anybody listening. I have plans for like all the projects and stuff that I do. And I was, I used to charge like $3.99, $4.99, and I'd sell a couple. But I, you know, I've been, I read a lot of, you know, business books and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to, you know, raise my, you know, like double my prices, my plans. I sold eight times more that month as soon as I raised the, and I'm not talking about revenue. I'm just talking about like number of plans that I sold. Yeah. 
And I got some feedback from some people and some people were like, oh, you know, I saw that your plans were just a little bit more than other people. So I just assumed it was a very high quality plan, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. You know, um, I'll give you a little bit of economics jargon. We call that a Veblen good in economic parlance. So it's a good where the demand for it actually increases with the price. Uh, so a very famous story is, uh, oh man, I'm going to mispronounce the name, but you know, the watch company tag, is it tag here? Tag, tag here? Oh yeah. 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 Um, so Those are like scuba diving watches, right? Yeah, they're, well, they're just like nice watches, but they started out okay. as like a very mid range watch company and they sold yeah. watches for like $500, $600 and they were struggling. And then one day yeah. they just like basically overnight, they like, increased their prices by like a couple orders of magnitude. So they went up like a hundred times and all of a sudden their watches are flying off the shelf. And it's just this weird thing. That's how my plans were. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense for your, for your plans, but something like a watch, like a lot of people just like to wear watches to show that they're expensive. Right. It's like, here's my Rolex. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's like the whole point of a Rolex. It just it's not actually better than a normal watch. You know, oh, it's so smooth or whatever. But like, it's mostly just to be like, hey, I bought a Rolex. Yeah. Which, by the way, this watch is not Rolex. (laughs) I've got a I've got a a Fitbit. Yeah, yeah. It's all hacked up. I broke it while I was skiing this weekend. Oh, no, that sucks. I uh, this one is a uh, like a Garmin watch so it's like it does like all the like all the health stuff and stuff like that and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. but i beat the hell out of this thing i wear this no matter what i do and it's it's like you know how then like movies and stuff like that they have like the guns always look like really like battle worn that's what i like to think about this watch yeah it's like it's all scratched (laughs) up it's like titanium so it's like the paint is starting to brush off in certain spots it's fun That's that's so funny. So I'm I'm curious, Zach, what's been like the biggest struggle maybe with you getting started in, let's say, the contracting or like the content creation like business? Like maybe like what lessons do you wish you would have known starting out or like somebody who's trying to get into doing the stuff that we're doing? I think for content creation, it's pretty easy for me to say. I think it was just getting out of my own way and getting over a lot of preconceptions that I had about myself. Like I used to think like, Oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not an extroverted person, so I will never be good on camera. Neither am I. (laughs) No, no. I'm like, dude, I haven't left my house in like three days. I'm like, I'm such a hermit. Um, I have like five friends and like, I'm really good friends with those five guys. And like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, So that was a big one, like thinking like I will never be like personable enough to be on camera because I'm just not normally good with people in real life. So why would I be good with a camera? Um, I also don't really think of myself as a creative person, um, which I like. I think to like an outsider hearing that they'd be like stupid. They'd be like, you're stupid. Like you make like you make tables and like it's, it's all like design work. And then I'm also like trying to be creative with the. The, uh, the filming and the videography and stuff like that. But I think of myself as like a nuts and bolts, like more like an engineer or like a math guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I never really thought of myself as a creative person. So I thought like, oh, how am I going to make like designs that are interesting that people, how can I make something so cool that people are going to want to watch my video over somebody else's? For sure. Um, yeah. And I think the way I got over that by, was just by like just doing it like Stop. Yeah. Stop judging yourself. Stop caring about if you're going to live up to your own standards. Just do it and keep doing it and you'll get better with each and every attempt. And yeah, it took me it took me years to just get up the courage to start doing it. And uh, but once yeah. I did, it was great. <laughs> yeah, so I was the same way. Yeah. yeah I, remember, I, can imagine. I remember the very first video that I made. Oh, it was how to make concrete coasters. Like, nice. who cares, right? But it was the, it was the very first video Dude, I made. My I remember, first video like, was how, the camera. Sorry, my first video was how right. to make a cutting board. So it's it's good to start simple. Is another thing I would like to add to my previous. Like, start with something small that's oh. manageable. Oh, sorry, yeah. keep going. Don't do a five thousand dollar epoxy river table with custom metal legs and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, keep it simple. Nice, like three to five minute video, but. 
I remember I set the I set the camera up on the tripod, iPhone, old old iPhone, cracked and everything. Finally, just replaced it the other week, actually. Nice. And I set it up on the tripod. I pressed record. I walked away, and I remember staring at the camera, and I was. My hands were just like shaking and sweating. And I was like, I can't do this. I will never be able to make a YouTube video. And I was, oh, it's rough. I mean, even now, like sometimes I put the camera on. I'm like, all right, take a breath. Like I'm not a super extroverted person. Like if I go to, you know, somewhere with a group of 10 or 15 people and I only know one person there, I'm probably just going to stay with the person I know. Oh, I'm like a moon orbiting that person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, oh, oh, don't go to the bathroom. You are not allowed to go to the bathroom because I'm going to be attached to you for the rest of the night. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's for me, like what I, I guess what I would tell people if they want to get started in, in anything really like content creation, woodworking is just start. It's going to suck at first and just deal with it. Like that's part of the fun. Like I've had this discussion with my girlfriend, you know, many times of, I've been doing the content creation stuff for about two years. Am I bummed that I'm not at half a million subscribers getting hundreds of thousands of views on every video because I feel like I put a ton of effort into it? Absolutely, I am. But I'm at the point now where what was my hobby, it doesn't cost me money and I make money. Like, that's freaking sweet. And if anybody can get to the point where, you know, what they love, just doesn't cost them any money Mm -hmm. like that's a killer stride Mm -hmm. and like i guess don't be so upset with not making the progress that you think that you should be making right yeah you know it's interesting you say that because i have these like i have the same feeling myself like you know like oh i've been doing youtube for two years now like damn it why aren't i you know why don't i have a million subscribers or something like that but then i also have this thing it's like Whenever I set a goal for myself, I do generally like I have these big like stretch goals that I don't hit. And then I get like really upset about it. But I never actually like really aimed at them. But then I have like the more minute ones where I'm like, I want to get 3000 subscribers by the end of this month. And when I do that type of stuff, I usually do hit those goals. Or if I'm like if I don't, I'm not that far off. So it's like it's about setting expectations and like managing and I don't know, being realistic with where you're setting your goalposts. I think for me. Well, a, a huge help for me is like, I'll talk to this. I'll talk about this stuff with my girlfriend who's completely, you know, detached from it. Other than she helps out with projects and like names and like thumbnails and stuff like that. But she's not doing the work and like, you know, in the weeds all the time. Yeah. And I'll just be, you know, I'll talk to her be like, man, I'm really bummed. You know, I put out this video. It's not doing well. It's, you know, number 10 out of 10 for the last videos that I've done. That- is the worst but then it's, it's helpful to get that person. Yeah, it's helpful to have that person that's detached from, you know, like your business or your hobby or your interest to just kind of ground you and like tell you like, yeah, but like, look what you've done. And I think I think having that somebody like that in your life, if you're going to get into, you know, content creation, woodworking, a business, anything like that mm-hmm. is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, my girlfriend plays a very similar role in my life all the time. I'll just be like. You know, like, oh, man, this this last video didn't do well. And my Instagram post is bombing today. And she'll be like, zoom out, big picture. Like, look at, like, yeah. look at where you are. Like, you can't get, you can't get, like, too tied up in, like, the weeds of every post has to be a success or every video has to be a big one. Because it's just, unfortunately, that's not the way it goes for 99.9% of people. I think we all get wrapped up. We hear about the overnight successes on YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. And it's like the... Reality is most people have been out there and they've been doing it for many, many years. And it's been a yeah. slow build. It takes three years to become an overnight success. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's so true. Like you have to be there putting in the hours like, um, oh, man, there's some ex- expression that I'm trying to remember right now that I'm completely blanking on. But it's like basically like just be there often, keep doing it, and then eventually you will have your lucky day (laughs) yeah i mean you know here's another insider completely honest with you i was you know on youtube today and i was just like oh i'm just gonna check out some of zach's old stuff and i was like damn you've got some videos that are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views and i started to get and there's nothing against you i started to get like mad i was like damn why why can't i get any of my stuff and then as soon as i like remember saying that to myself i was like stop 
look at what you've done. Like you've got some killer stuff out there. Like yeah, man, you, you can't, do. you can't compare yourself to other people. No, you, know you can't I mean? compare yourself to other people. And also like those videos, some of those, when I posted them, they didn't do anything. They sat there oh, for yeah. like a year and a half and then they started exploding yeah. like overnight. Yeah. So it's like, you don't even know, like you, the, the yeah. video for you, that's going to get a million views. You might've posted it six months ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's well, just so like, a matter of time. Yeah. My, so my number one video is this air filter thing, right? You yeah. Know, it's like a box I've seen that one. with some filters slapped on it. It's a horrible video. It's terrible. It's good. Dude, you know what know though? It has a great thumbnail. It has a great yeah. thumbnail. And so that literally was getting like no exaggeration, two, three, four views a day. I changed nothing, didn't change the thumbnail, didn't change the title and everything. And I was getting like 20,000 views a day awesome. until it got to like 150,000. And then it's back down to like one or two views. Really? I, it's interesting. I don't know what's goes. happening. I've had that happen with and quite a few videos where it just like explodes for, you know, a month and then drops right off. Yeah. And, and I, I guess that's another thing is like you can't get too excited about the highs and you can't get too bummed about the lows yes. of all of this. Like yes. with, with a business, woodworking, content creation, anything like that, like yeah. you're in it for the long haul. I've after doing content creation for a few years now, I have come to realize that you go on hot streaks and they do not oh, last yeah. forever. And no. enjoy them while they're there, but be realistic with yourself that it's like save up some of that, like the dopamine in your brain or some of that joy and just like yeah. bank it because there's going to be a lull and you're going to have to just grind your way through the lull, too. Yeah. And here's another insider for, for everybody else. The reason that you see all of your content creators pump out tons of stuff in November and December yeah. is because that's <laughs> that's when all the brands are putting truckloads of cash into all their stuff trying to push products for the end of the year yep. and then january comes around and Brickets. advertisers are asleep yes and that's why you'll see very little stuff at the beginning of the year yeah so if people always were curious about why yeah. that's why yeah well <laughs> and also i think the creators get burned out too you know you get like all yeah. these jobs like going yeah. into the end of the year and you're working hard you're like you know you're, you're really foot on the gas you're burning the candle at both ends and then you hit yeah. Christmas, New Year's, and you're like, I need a break. And then, you know, the yeah. you stop getting all the, the business emails and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll post a couple times a week, but I'm not going to post 10 times a week like I was before. Yeah, so I had, literally, I had that exact same thing happen. So I was, you know, cruising into the new year. I was like, oh, I'm doing well. And it was, I think it was like the first week of December, one of the brands that I work with, um, they reached out and they're like, hey, we have a couple bucks left in our marketing budget. Did you have any projects or whatever that you you might might want to do for the end of the year? So I pitched them three projects, thinking that they, you know, just pick one of them. Mm -hmm. And she replies back, great, can you do those by the end of the year? <laughs> Oops. And I was like, oh my gosh. I literally had three weeks to build, film, design, edit, get the stuff sent out for approval for three videos. And I remember, like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, I'm going to be crazy busy. This is going to be a season. Like, I wasn't able to hang out with my friends for a little for a little while. Oh, my gosh. It was wild yeah. to get all that stuff done. And, like, right after that, I was like, I got to take, like, a break. Like, I no building i'm not going to be out in the garage for a week so, i'll yeah, be honest you need with you that. if that if i were in your shoes i don't think i would have done it i don't think i could have done yeah. it yeah i don't think i could have yeah I, it's too that's like too much work it was nice to know that i could push myself and get there but mm -hmm. i don't think i would do it again yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i'd i'd push back and be like i can do one <laughs> Yeah, two maybe, but three is like, Ooh. yeah, oh yeah. So maybe that's a, that's another tip is don't overextend yourself and don't expect tons of stuff. Yeah, like I'm sure you've gotten to the point where you know you have a backlog of clients. You have to tell people it might be you know a couple weeks before I get to it. I can't just be there tomorrow and start your whole kitchen renovation. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. 
for sure. I mean, uh, for my construction business, I'm like booked. Oh God, like sometimes years ahead at at some points. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the, the social and media think, stuff is like a little bit. I don't. I, I'm not that established yet to the point where I have like brands waiting to work with me. You know, months into the future, but who knows? Maybe one day. Yeah, that's one thing that I've. Again, here's some inside stuff. When I feel bored, like maybe in my personal life, of like, oh, you know, my friends are busy. Like, I don't know what to do tonight. I just like brainstorm videos, and sometimes I'll have a streak where like. I'll knock out tons and tons of videos yeah. in a short period of time. But what I do to just keep my mental sanity is I just save those videos and then just kind of like slowly release them. Yeah. So that way, like, you know, I have a couple of videos, you know, just in the hopper right now mm -hmm. that aren't I'm not going to release right now. I'm going to wait a little bit because yeah. it just get, it awards me the time to take the breathers, take that downtime when I need it. Yeah. No, it's it's a good way to be. I wish I was more that way. I'm kind of like, yeah. I record a video, I go home, I edit it, I like upload it as soon as possible. I'm Running like, gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just can't. I worry that if I start a video and I don't edit it right away and get it uploaded, I'll just never go back to it. I'm worried I'll uh, always be on to the next thing. I'll, I'll be like, uh, you know what? That like that, that table I did three months ago, I don't really care anymore. Like, let's just scrap that project. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like ADD or whatever it is. It's just something in my personality where <laughs> if I start something, I have to finish it before I move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a good way to wrap up this inaugural episode 000 of our podcast to be named. Yeah, yet unnamed sure we're podcast. Name it yet. Have it, we're just going to call it the, the podcast for right now. Is, so this is from one of my uh, patrons. Okay. It's from Matt Higgins. And he wants to know, what do you, basically, what do you use to design your projects? Like, do you sketch up? Do you use Fusion 360? Are you pen and paper? What do you do? Uh, me personally. So I'm a combination of pen and paper, sketch up. And then if I'm doing anything on the CNC, I usually go pen and pads straight to easel, which is like the software for my CNC. Yeah. 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 But those are, those are my big ones. Sometimes... Dude, I just honestly, I'll just think about what I want to do and go and do it. Oh. If it's something like a table, like, nah, I can kind of figure it out as I go in the shop. But if it's something more complex, moving parts, it's like, okay, you better take the time and sit down and really plan it out. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, because I feel like my my time in the in the garage is so limited, I'm like, okay, when I go out there, I want to have a perfect plan. Like I know that this piece needs to be 23 and a quarter inches, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I design all of my stuff. Basically my process is on SketchUp. Um, and it'll basically be what I consider like destructive. I like to call it destructive modeling. So if I need a table that's, you know, 24 by 48 and 18 inches tall for like coffee table or whatever, mm -hmm. I basically make, like a box, a big cube that represents like the area yeah. that that table is going to take up. Mm -hmm. And then I will just start deleting stuff from it. So like maybe like, oh, I want the side to be this like unique curve. Right. And I'll draw a curve and then just like delete everything underneath it. You're like chiseling away and, at the block essentially. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much chiseling, chiseling away at the block, which is how I'll, I'll come up with a lot of these just like very weird designs. And it works well for me. Yeah. And then from there, I basically will like break it off into each individual component or, you know, table leg, stretcher, anything like that. And then SketchUp's got some really cool add-ons that just spit out like a cut list oh. and then get ready to roll. I didn't really know that. So that's, uh, I, I guess I kind of yeah. knew that it existed. I've never really messed around with any of that stuff though. Like the They don't work great for like weird geometry so if you have a lot of like curves or whatever they're not fantastic but if it's like a like a shop project like plywood project yeah. oh man use those cutlass generators boom 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 That's awesome. it even shows you like the perfect way to lay it out on the uh four by eight sheet of plywood oh, that's and all that kind of stuff oh, that's awesome. so that's my go-to i use sketchup Sometimes I've I got like a little like notepad that I, you know, if an idea comes, I'll quickly write it down. But for me, I'm I'm a digital person. Mm. 
which sometimes slows me down. Yeah, you know, like I like to think of myself as a digital person too, but I realize that there's like to do something in SketchUp is always almost always going to take me longer than just drawing it on a on a piece of paper. Absolutely. Right? Especially if it's got a curve and then you go, "Oh, I want that an inch longer." Well, in SketchUp, that's you're completely remaking that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, I know. if it's a rectangle, you're okay. Maybe if I was better with SketchUp, it wouldn't be so bad. Like maybe there are masters at SketchUp who are better at moving the parts around, but oh man, I maybe. suck at it. I know that that Fusion 360, which is that like the auto Autodesk owns them. Mm-hmm. I, I used them when I was in college. I think it was a program called Inventor. And it was insane. So good. But I've never like taken the steps to try to learn uh, Fusion 360 because I know they have stuff where like, let's say you're building, you know, a, a, a dresser, right? And you're like, oh, I want this drawer box to be a quarter of an inch longer. It will automatically go and resize every other piece in your entire project just from you making that drawer box a quarter oh, inch longer. That's, that's like that would be super, super, super nice. But I haven't taken the time to do that. Yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> and I think I, you have to pay for it now. Yeah. And it, it takes time to learn the program. So you have to balance that yeah. time spent learning the program against not being in the shop working on whatever you want to be working on. Yeah. You know, you're missing out on a, on a client build or you're not able to get your next YouTube video out or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's a constant. For me, it's a constant struggle of like, do I take the time to learn something new? Yeah, totally. Or, or do I just kind of, you know, keep banging my head against what I know works. <laughs> I, it's uh, honestly, man, it's a legitimate thing. Cause if you spend 10 hours learning a new skill that saves you 10 seconds, like once a week, it's like, why would you do that? Just do it the crappy way that you know how to do it. Like, you know, it's not the most efficient yeah. way, but you know how to do it and it works. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I think that's probably a good place to stop for, Oh man, we're over an hour for our first episode. Uh, I guess I'm, we're going to be one of those podcasts, right? Look, you know, the conversation goes where it goes. I don't want to be constrained by some <laughs> artificial limit. We're not on like network TV. So no. if we got to go a we couple don't minutes, have ad longer. breaks yet. Yeah, exactly. They're coming though. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah. Today's sponsor is Skillshare. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> we'll get there one day. Maybe yeah. at least with podcasts, like a lot of times people really just like gas up the ad reads and stuff like that. Oh, I would love to have like, especially the two of us. Like we could like come up with some good little routines back and forth for ad reads, I think. Oh yeah. And people like wouldn't know that it was an ad at first. Yeah. I saw somebody God, now I'm going another tangent. They, it it was the, it was Dave Pachuto from make something. One of his videos was like this toilet paper dispenser. And he's like, today's video is brought to you by some toilet paper company. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like, he's just making a joke, right? And then I got to end the video, and he was making all these, like, toilet paper jokes, bathroom jokes and stuff. And I was like, wait, that actually was a sponsored video. Like, that is hilarious. I've seen that. I, like, I, I haven't seen that in, the like, the woodworking and making world. But I have seen that in, like, science videos and some, some stuff like that. Like, sometimes there will be just these, like random sponsors and the person will make a you'll think the sponsor's a joke because it's like so yeah yeah, yeah yeah i've seen it and it's it's always amazing when that happens i would like to get but to that I like level. that i like it because yeah. i've got some people like i watch you know they have a little bar that goes across the screen and you're like all right here comes the ad read but i'm pumped to watch this ad read because they make it funny yeah whereas opposed to just like this video is brought to you by so-and-so and And you're like, Oh, here we go again. (laughs) Like, and I'm sure so many people just click off the video when they have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing as a creator, you're always balancing that, right? Like it, you know, it feels good to have an ad read at the front of your video because you know, it's going to like pay for the materials and stuff on this build, but you are risking alienating your current audience and a potential audience that you might've reached without that. So it's always a balancing act. Hey, you never know. And, and you know, it's at, at one point you do, you know, you got to pay the bills for something. I'm sure you're like me where you turn down the vast majority of people reaching out 
Yeah, well, because most of them are like people don't understand. They're like fly by night operations. Most of the people I get reaching out like, hey, do you want to endorse our like power tool company that nobody's ever heard of before? Yeah. Yeah. I got one, I think, yesterday that was like like it's it's always usually these Amazon sellers. Right. And it was an Amazon seller that was like, hey, we have an electric toothbrush. Do you want to endorse this? And I said, no. <laughs> and they're like, what Like, what if you do a video where you make a cut and then you use our toothbrush to clean your saw? I was like, what? <laughs> I like, mean, like, you know, like, clean the sawdust off of something. You know what? Props to them for creativity. <laughs> but I, I suppose. And I mean, like half of the emails I get, I don't even think they really ever watched one of my videos or like see my oh, yeah, Instagram yeah. page. Cause they're like yeah. this one, they were like, they were relentless. They sent me like 50 emails. They're like, Hey, do you want this? Like, it was like a flamethrower for oh, cooking. Get the flamethrower. Dude, it was a flamethrower for like cooking barbecue. And they were like, Oh, oh we think you're like, your audience is going to love this. I was like, I guarantee you've never watched a single one of my videos. If you think I can like sell a flamethrower for cooking burgers. Like, <laughs> well, sometimes what I'll reply with is, so which of my most recent videos have been your favorite? Oh, that's a good one. And then you you never get a response. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I got to grab some dinner. Yep, Girlfriend's waiting. But I think this has been a good inaugural pro- podcast. I think what I would ask both your patron members and my patron members, since this may never see the light of day, might be that the hidden episode that never gets out. Mm-hmm. Is if there's anything that people want to hear from us, maybe certain topics or certain, you know, just questions that you have, please write them down. We, you know, we're doing this for you. We want to, you know, give back to the community. That's pretty much the whole reason we're doing this. So if you've got any feedback, any questions, anything like that, let us know. We would love to hear it. And I want to take a quick second to apologize to my patrons who diligently uh, supplied a bunch of questions which I probably ignored throughout this entire episode. But the good news is they're written down, they're in reserve, and who knows, maybe they show up in a later episode. I've got a, I got quite a, uh, quite a handful from my patron members too, and I think it's going to be an ever-growing list, and we're, you know, it's never going to be empty. There's always going to be people in the hopper. So if you did submit questions, don't worry. They're written down. We will get to them eventually. Yes. All right, everybody. All right, Zach. It's been real. Yeah, it's been great, Eric. We'll talk soon. See ya.